0: Hey, chiropractors and marketers, we are ready for another Modern Chiropractic Marketing Show with Dr. Kevin Christie, where we discuss the latest in marketing strategies, content marketing, direct response marketing, and business development with some of the leading experts in the industry. Welcome. This is your host, Dr. Kevin Christie. Today, I've got another interview for you on the Modern Chiropractic Marketing Show this week, it's going to be Travis Hornsby of Student Loan Planner. He is the founder of it. I, I really wanted to have this discussion with Travis because it's something that is kind of this dark cloud hanging over a lot of chiropractors, especially the ones that have come out over the last, uh, let's call it 10 years. Um, I've, I came out 14 years ago and I really got lucky in a few different things that we discuss in this episode. And then after that, things have changed a little bit and so we're we're trying to work through that but i after talking to travis and after you listen to this episode i think you're going to find it's not as bad as it may seem it's not perfect but there's a lot of good options out there for you and i wanted to address this because i feel like it's the elephant in the room i think it's hanging over people's heads but it shouldn't no matter what the situation is. And you need to be able to focus on growth the long term and realize that uh, being a chiropractor is exciting. There's never been a better time to do it. It's not easy, but it's extremely rewarding. And it can be financially if you do things right, including managing your student loans. So we're going to dive into that today with Travis. Before we do that, I want to recommend that you check out the free course that we put together. The Chiropractic Success Academy has now got a free course. We hand-selected five modules that we think will help you out in growing your practice. There's four channels that encompass the um, Chiropractic Success Academy, and that is the marketing, business, clinical, and also the mindset. And we kind of package those all together to help you grow, help you become successful, however that is you define it, how you define it. But we want you to thrive, and and we feel strongly that the Chiropractic Success Academy can do that for you. But we've also put together a nice little gift for you, the free course. And you can find that at bit.ly slash CSA free course. And we've got five modules there for you. So go ahead and check that out. Let's dive into the win obstacle and Facebook post. Uh, the win is is we have successfully implemented the orthotics program. And I the reason why I, I chose this with Dr. David Wiedemeyer is that he's a certified pedorthist. I believe strongly in that. And I feel like with our skill set, we can do a really good job of evaluating the patient. You know, we're doing the full evaluation that he recommends. We're doing the video gait analysis. We're taking pictures of the foot. We're doing the casting, sending that off. He's building the orthotic, and we've successfully implemented that uh, this month. And, you know, I sent out an email telling our patients that we're doing that, and we have two people that already purchased. So it was a a pretty fruitful email, to say the least. So that's the big win. Uh, The obstacle is I just got back my... I do a tax, it's like a early prediction of what my taxes will be, and it's definitely not low, <laughs> but we've had a profitable year, so that's what's going to happen, uh, and I wasn't surprised or anything, but uh, taxes are always an obstacle, so I'll be writing a, a larger check than usual this year to the IRS, but uh, that's how it goes. And the more taxes you're writing, the the better that means you're doing, so that's a good thing, but definitely optimize your taxes. And then, lastly, the Facebook post. You know, we we had someone ask about starting a local podcast. I actually think it's a good idea. I think you can find a niche. There was a lot of good comments in there. Check that out in the Facebook group. But uh, you know, I used to have the Modern Desk Jockey podcast, and I I targeted that locally. I felt a few things that were really good about it. Were one is I could interview. It was kind of gave me like a Trojan horse to meet and interview influential people in the community. So I was able to build that bond with them. And also they would share and promote the podcast episode because they were on it. And so I got in front of their audience and it was a great way of creating content. Then I was able to take the show notes and put it on our website for SEO able to get good ideas from my guests and and it just was overall it was good. You know, you're not going to have Tim Ferris's viewership or listenership on it, but it's not even about that. I don't even check my stats on this podcast anymore. But I think it's worthwhile and you know nowadays it's really easy to do. It's not hard. If you want to make sure you're delegating it out like I do, Steve Stewart is my podcast producer. He does all the behind the scenes of it. I just create the content and And then it becomes a show. And so, and he's in our Facebook group as well. So if you ever need a contact, reach out. But I recommend it. You look into it, see if there's a niche that you could, you could utilize and then uh, go from there with it. So um, I may have a show on this uh, when someone posts like, you know, that'd be a good episode to have to where I could dive more into the details of it. But that was a good post. Check that out in the group. And uh, let's just dive right into our episode with Travis Hornsby of Student Loan Planner. All right, Travis, welcome to the show today. I really appreciate your time. I've listened to you on some other podcasts. I'm familiar with you. I really appreciate the information you're providing to our profession and others as well. But before we dive into everything student loans, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself personally and professionally. Sure. So
1: I used to be a bond trader. My job was to make rich people really rich. I was uh, trading tax-exempt bonds in the Northeast for one of the world's largest investment companies. And uh, you know, for some people, that's really exciting. You know, I, and for me, it was pretty exciting most days. But it wasn't something that I felt super passionate about, right? So I kind of had this period where I was kind of like, "What am I doing with my life?" So I took a gap year, met my now wife, who is a physician, and she had a bunch of student loan debt. And I thought, okay, I'm a programmer for all these different bond positions, and you know, trade all this debt. I could probably figure out her debt. And then it turns out, well, actually, it's a little bit more complicated than just, you know, make a spreadsheet <laughs> and say, oh, it's, you know, a 10-year repayment plan, right? Yeah. And so she was like, well, this is really interesting information. Like, you should help my friend. Mm-hmm. So I did that. And then I started writing about it just on a blog because I, during my gap year, I just started to blog and people were really interested in mm-hmm. what I was writing about that. And so I started writing more and more about it. People kept reaching out to me and I thought, wow, this is important enough that I should start a business for it. That's how Student One Planner got started.
0: Perfect. No, it's you know usually how a lot of good businesses start is just diving into it to help someone or help yourself, and <laughs> and you realize like, oh, this is pretty complicated, and I uh, have a lot of people that are needing this information. So, good stuff. You know, a little bit about my backstory. I graduated in two thousand five. I went from chiropractic school from Logan. I went to Florida State University for undergrad. I was lucky enough to get the Florida Bright Futures, which for me, it paid 75% of my tuition. But I still had a little bit of student loan debt. So I think I had 15000 from there. I had one hundred and thirty five from chiropractic school at that point. So that was 2004 when they allowed us to consolidate. And they really recommended it because we were able to lock it in at 3.1%. So for me, student loans for chiropractic was about one hundred and thirty five at 3.1%. What's the situation now in 2018 or even if it was 2015, 2016, let's just say the last few years before chiropractors coming out. Let's just take the student that takes the full student loans and doesn't have help from their family. So before before I, I answer that,
1: you know, I, I understand if you have to kick me off the podcast, but I went to University of Florida.
0: Oh, did you really? Yeah,
1: so uh, you know, I I'm, we, I'm, we I'm can coexist. My, my dad went to Florida State, so I uh, got great respect. Yeah. So anyhow the interesting thing about that question, you know, 135,000 in debt at a 3.1%, like that's better than the very best refinancing deals that exist today. So a lot of listeners are thinking like, well, how did that happen? And the answer is because before the program that exists today called the direct loan program, which Mm -hmm. has existed since 2010, there was something called the FFEL loan program. So the FFEL loan program is a program that was issued by banks, basically. Mm -hmm. So the bank's it was guaranteed by the government. So the banks would make the initial loan, the government would guarantee it, it was all in the federal system, and they had interest rates that were not necessarily tied to whatever the government bond yields were plus a certain margin. Mm -hmm. So that created this unique lending environment where, you know, loans, you couldn't borrow unlimited amounts, so there was caps on what you could borrow, and also the interest rates were very attractive because they were basically subsidized from that government guarantee. And so, you know, people still had kind of high debts, but they weren't at the high level that they are today. yeah. And so what really changed and kind of where you really lucked out was in 2006, mm-hmm. the government passed something called the Grad Plus Loan Program. And Grad Plus basically says, you can take out anything you need to complete school. Whatever the cost of attendance is, you can borrow. Gotcha. And uh, so, you know, a lot of very smart institutions realized, wait a second, cost yeah. of attendance, yeah, we can kind of basically make that whatever we want it to be. Wow, right, And so what you saw after that is a massive acceleration in the price of school that was already increasing, yeah, and it really just skyrocketed, and then also they changed the way they calculate the interest rate, so around two thousand six, two thousand and seven, they changed it to the government bond yield plus uh, basically three to five percent you know on average. we're yeah. approximating here, yeah, but that's how you get to six to eight percent interest rates is that recalculation of the interest so. You know, the uncapped borrowing starting in 2006, plus that super high interest rate is where we find ourselves today, which our average chiropractor client, we've had over a hundred has an average debt of 245,000. True.
0: So they are over a hundred, just in about 12 to 13 years, there are 115 or so more than I was back then. Cause I took full out, like it wasn't like I you know, scrimped. I took everything I could at the time, but that was basically what we could take. So, and I remember they pushed us like, you know, consolidate, lock in at the 3.1. And I was like, oh, this is great. And then obviously it's worked out because it's almost like it's free money at that point. And that's just not the situation for these other docs. Right. And two, I think some of the schools have
1: gotten a little bit greedy with the, the ability to charge anything. So if they can charge anything and they can give those loans to anyone. All you need to do is get somebody to sign in the dotted line. So I've heard from many, many doctors that schools are sort of overpromising and kind of making it sound a lot easier than it actually is. You know, obviously you're the marketing expert in the chiropractic world, so you know that they're being successful as possible, yeah. but it's not as easy as it would be, say, in some other, you know, professions, maybe like getting, you know, a computer science degree and going to work for Google or something,
0: you know? Uh, You know, I think if people are honest with people that are prospective chiropractors, want to go to school, things of that nature, there's a certain skill set that you need and it's going to be ambition, working really hard, working on your communication skills, understanding business and marketing, not just treatment. You have to be good at treatment. You're going to have to put your dues in for sure. There's a lot that's happening to be successful. And you have to have the stomach for it really to be an entrepreneur and and kind of a business owner if you're going to, or get into partnership and things like that, if you're going to make legitimate money. Now, I do think chiropractors need to understand that the first couple years is going to be more like kind of like a residency where you're going to try to learn a lot and maybe not make a ton, but definitely try to learn and get a good situation. So. Uh, hopefully they can have a high earning potential from age 30 to, to 65. Do you find, Kevin, that most
1: new doctors are taking out small business administration loans to purchase other people's practices? Or? Uh,
0: yeah, I mean, it's it kind of runs the gamut, but I, that's kind of one of the questions I was going to have for you too, was that are you finding a problem? Like if you come out with 250000 in debt at, let's just call it 6.8%, with a let's just call it a $65,000 income at a, you know, moderately big town. Is that person even going to get a loan to buy a practice or to start a practice? Well, I think that you can, if you
1: go an alternate financing route, like, so I know that, you know, a lot of small business administration lenders require a 10% down payment on whatever asset that you're purchasing. So if you have a $300,000 practice, you need 30 grand. The problem that I'm seeing is, you know, if you come out of school, you're probably starting at 50 or fifty-five. Yes. Uh, especially if you're going to live in one of the areas, you know, like a Portland, Oregon, it's really saturated where you yep. know they're producing the grads and the grads are staying there. So, what I would say to a new doctor, you know, completely aside from having the student loan plan in place, which is what we mm-hmm. do, is you want to get probably at least ten to twenty thousand dollars in the bank. That's your kind of first priority. Yep. And once you have that savings, then you have the potential to go off and start your own practice or take out a practice loan if you have a really good history and, and mm-hmm. you know, you can convince a bank to lend to you. But you know, if you don't have that twenty K in the bank and have your personal finances sorted out where you don't have a bunch of credit card debt and car loans, then it's yep. not gonna happen.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think ultimately, if you get a good situation, buying a practice is probably easier as long as it, you know all things being equal and it's a good practice and it's a good patient base and it's congruent with your practice style and all that. Like For me, I started my own practice in 2010 by renting a room inside of an orthopedic office with low overhead. I also sold out of a partnership, so I had a little bit of money to be able to pay myself, but I didn't have to take out a loan, luckily. And you'll see some chiropractors which I kind of call like pod docs, where they'll rent a room in a primary care doctor or orthopedic like I did, or a CrossFit gym, just somewhere to where the startup costs are very minimal and you build up your reputation, save some money. I saved money. And then in 2013, I bought my office space and moved my practice into it. So I was able to take that step without taking any loans out until I obviously took out a mortgage on my real estate. Well, one thing to
1: say is so pretty much any chiropractor out there who didn't have a massive amount of assistance from their family or savings yep. or, you know, spouses is going to come out owing over two times their income and debt yep. or student debt. If that's you actually buying a practice can be a really smart thing to do because if you're an employee, then you're making 65,000 a year. That's what you have to report to the student loan service, or that's what you're going to be paying on your loans. It's 10% okay. of that, right? But if you go out and you buy a practice not only are you making more money, hopefully, but also you're going to write off some of the practice expenses. So if you have depreciation from your real estate, property taxes, you might have different other kinds of deductions like starting your own retirement plan. So a lot of times what I find is people can actually make more money as a chiropractor, as a practice owner, Mm -hmm. and pay less on their student loans than somebody who's actually making less Who's not taking advantage of all these loopholes, which oh. is kind of unfair, right?
0: Yeah, but that's a good thing to know for sure. You know, I know for me, like I'm okay with being transparent. I'm at the 3.1% at that 150. It's my monthly payment. I pay the full amount each month is $765. Obviously, if I was at 250,000 at 6.8%, it would be a lot more than that per month. But you're saying you can obviously cut that down based on your income situation.
1: Yeah. And the thing is, is right now where where you're at, you know, you can't really, the only thing that you could do is consolidate your 150 or 130 or whatever it is again. Yeah. It's less than that now. That was when I came out of school. Say you have a hundred thousand. One thing that people don't know is, is you can actually consolidate again to something called a direct consolidation loan and get the payment term reset over again. Okay. So if you had like a 3.1%, then you could do hundred thousand. And then your payment would be about $427 a month at the 3.1%. Yeah. Approximately that. So they'll round up to the nearest eighth of 1% when you do a consolidation. But when you consolidate more than $60,000 on a direct consolidation loan, you can get a 30 year term on the repayment period. Mm -hmm. So, you know, not necessarily saying that that's what you'd want to do, but if, yeah, if, yeah. You, if you wanted to cut that payment further because of the really attractive interest rate, that's yes. a way to kind of restructure the debt, you know, and get it to even longer of a payment term. And now, yeah. that's with like 100000 if you have that. Now, if you have a lot more, then you can pay a percentage of your income. So, there's a couple of payment programs like that you can use for this, pay-as-you-earn and revised pay-as-you-earn are the two that I typically recommend to people. You can pay 10% of your income after some deductions. And so yeah. what that means is somebody who's making 50000 a year might only be paying $300 a month. Gotcha. That
0: makes sense. On the reverse of that, if someone wanted to, because I'm looking to do this probably in a year, trying to hit a couple business goals and put away some liquid, but if I wanted to pay them off faster, you know, you could probably increase the payment each month and it would go obviously a lot quicker. Any strategies behind paying it off quicker?
1: Yeah. So if you're going to pay the loan off quicker, it wouldn't really work for your situation because of your interest rate. But if you have a little bit worse of an interest rate or a little bit higher of a debt to income ratio than you have, then something called the revised pay as you earn program can actually give you interest subsidies. So for example, if you're making 50,000 a year, your payment, say, is $300 a month. Mm-hmm. Let's say that your interest is accruing at a rate of like 1300 a month, just to make the math easy. Yep. And so what the government does and they're under this revised pay-as-you-earn plan, they take the, the remaining interest, which is 1000 a month, that would go under your balance. In other words, that would cause the loan balance to grow and grow and grow. Mm-hmm. And instead of adding that full 1000 the government pays 50% of that leftover interest every month. So the government pay is $500 a month, which would be $6,000 a year. Gotcha. So if you were bound to determine to pay your loans off, you definitely would want to do revised pay as you earn instead of pay as you earn. Mm-hmm. And then once you get to the right debt to income ratio, you'd want to refinance your loans with a private lender and cut your six to 8% down to like four to
0: six. Okay, cool. I like that. That's helpful. What recommendations do you have for the the young couple who are both chiropractors that are going to get married? and are going to double up that student loan debt. Uh, I've run across a few of those situations um, out there. What do you have to say to those young couples? Yeah, so the first thing is
1: you're better off being married to a chiropractor as another chiropractor in the sense of both having debt than if you married, say, a teacher who had no debt but a similar income because you will be able to file jointly as a married couple for taxes you won't have to create a lot of stress in your marriage about bringing in a, a secret, you know, giant student loan debt that you kind of bring up at the point where, you know, the wedding's in a couple of weeks. I've had a couple of those conversations where people hid their student loan debt right before the wedding and, you know, that's not a good thing to do. <laughs> um, so, if somebody that they both have a lot of debt, mm-hmm. then I would say you want to have the same plan. Whatever plan you do, you want to make sure that it's the same one yeah. so that if you are going to both go for forgiveness, you're going for it in the best way possible. And if you're going to go for paying it off, you're both going for doing that. Gotcha. So uh, that would be the biggest piece of advice for a married couple is Mm -hmm. get the same plan and implement the right one together.
0: Perfect. That's good. How about buying a house? Are you seeing any issues with folks wanting to buy a house? Not necessarily a couple with dual debt, but just in general, having the high student loan debt for chiropractors?
1: Yeah, so Freddie Mac changed the underwriting guidelines. The big government enterprises that buy up all the mortgages—you know—they're they're the ones that kind of determine most of what happens in the mortgage market. And yeah. so they changed the rules recently, where they mm-hmm. said that if you are on an income-driven payment program, then we're only going to look at that payment you're <laughs> required to make instead of one percent of your income. Gotcha. If that makes sense. Mm. So, yeah, is that helpful? It is because so, yeah. so think about it this way: like you, or you're going to get approved for forty percent of your income, you know, 40% of your income is, is kind of what they want your mortgage payment to be. Yep. And so what they used to do is say, well, you have 250,000 in debt. We're going to take 1% of that amount and pretend that that's your monthly payment you have to make. Gotcha. So if they did that, that's 2,500 a month. And if you're a chiropractor with 60,000 of uh, income, yep. basically you've already passed your amount that can go to debt and you can't buy a house at all. Yep. So that was the rule that existed, I think prior, a couple years ago. Okay. And then They changed it recently so that they'll still penalize you a little bit of, you know, $300 a month, but, you know, $300 a month going into that 40% that's allowed to go towards all your debt, that gives you a lot more room to
0: work with when you want to That's good news. That's real good news. What's the biggest fear you are seeing from chiropractors regarding the student loan thing? A lot of people
1: think that the forgiveness is not going to work out. So I've had a couple people, the sort of Dave Ramsey mindset to paying back debt where, A little bit of it's, I think, kind of coming from their upbringing too, that debt's a terrible thing. They have to get rid of it. And so they paid so much on the debt and they haven't been able to make any budge in it. And a lot of that's from a place of fear because they think that loan forgiveness is not going to work out. They think that the government doesn't keep its promises. They're going to pull the rug out from under people. And that's a big misconception. So what I would tell someone that's worried about loan forgiveness is, you have to make sure that your asset growth is at least what your student loan payments would have to be. Mm-hmm. So, for example, if you have to pay $2,500 a month to pay your loans off in 10 years, rather than actually put the money towards your debt, what I would suggest instead is you take that $2,500 a month and put it into growing a chiropractic practice with equity in your practice and yeah. putting money into retirement accounts, <coughs> putting money into brokerage accounts. like, And that way, your net worth is growing at a positive rate, so you don't have to stress out if you know Congress pulls the rug out from under you. But- one forgiveness is very likely to happen because of the magnitude of the problem. It's a $1.5 trillion problem. It's not going away anytime soon. <laughs> yeah.
0: No, absolutely. And you know, it's I've been practicing for 13 years now and my student loans have been the last thing I've worried about. And I've gotten to the point now where I've built up everything I want to, but the next step for us is buying a house and doing all that. So I'm not worried about it. If it comes down to it and I have extra few hundred a month, I, I may just do a thousand a month to pay it off each month. I'm not going to do one of those things where I take $20,000 and put it towards it. Because I agree with you is that I could take that $20,000 reinvested in my business or myself and make more money than the 3.1% that I'm losing. Yeah. And it's actually,
1: you know, that's, that's just an incredible deal to get an interest rate right like that. A lot of people wish that they could go back to that old yeah. system of borrowing, but, but even if we did the prices for the school for the education, have just been jacked up so much that you know a lot of people say, oh, the interest rate is the problem, but I would actually say it's the price of the tuition. That's the main culprit.
0: Yeah, that is the biggest problem for sure. All right, let's get a little positive here. What are you most excited about for chiropractors regarding the
1: student loans? So you can do anything you want to do in the profession, regardless of how much debt you have. Mm-hmm. So if you want to be a practice owner, if you want to practice medicine a certain way, if you want to move to a certain part of the country, you can absolutely do that. And the key behind that is having the right plan of action for your student debt to make sure that the month of payment is the right amount and that you're doing stuff for retirement, you're doing stuff for your short-term savings. The thing I'm most excited about, and two, I will say this because a lot of people get stressed out in the profession. So if the profession is for you, you can make it anything you want. And if you feel like, oh my goodness, you know I'm struggling. I made a terrible mistake. I'd like to switch careers. I've had a few chiropractors actually change careers after going to chiropractic school. Mm -hmm. So that's empowering simply because you can continue on this path in chiropractic and be super successful, or you can do something different. And, you know, with the skills, maybe you'll do something related or, or not, and that's okay. Yeah. So I guess I'm preaching a message of hope to chiropractors out there that, you know, with the right team in place, with the right mindset, you can be very successful.
0: No, I agree. I've got a couple of friends that I graduated with are doing very well for themselves, not as chiropractors, but they wouldn't have the careers they have right now if they didn't go through the chiropractic process and path and and become a chiropractor. So there are options. And you know, I'm excited about the profession. I'm excited for people entering the profession in a lot of ways. And I and I think you hit it on the head as far as don't let the student loan debt be this kind of burden. Just put it away, do what you got to do, come up with a plan, and then focus on building your patient base. Then if you get an opportunity building your practice, then and just live your life and enjoy yourself. And you're going to have You know, you may not make a lot of money at 26, 27 years old, but at 30, 35, like your earning potential is going to go up if you work hard and build that. So I think it's never been a better time to be a chiropractor. And I don't want the student loan thing to be something that's weighing them down, but you have to dive into the details of it and have a plan to be able to kind of put it aside, right? And move on. So how are you helping chiropractors to do that, to develop the plan and then just say, look this is not going to be a burden in your life and you're going to be able to flourish. So what are you doing for these chiropractors? We do flat fee student loan consults and that's a one-time fee
1: instead of a fiduciary financial advisor, which would charge a recurring fee. Yep. So our goal is to do a one-shot, you know, it's like 295 to 595 depending on how much debt you have. Mm-hmm. And we're going to get you exactly what we think that you should do to tackle your student loan debt, to take that off of your plate in terms of things that worry you. And the typical chiropractor, we track the savings, the average projected savings that we find people for the call, and it's about sixty two thousand for chiropractors. Over twenty to twenty-five years, right? So the want to put the proper disclaimers in place and maybe about ten percent of the people we just confirm that they're already doing everything they can. But that's why we charge the one time flat fee, regardless, you know, it's it's for the review. It's kind of like going to chiropractor, right? Like you're gonna go for getting that peace of mind, that treatment, that that fix for your debt Issue. So people make all kinds of mistakes managing their student loan debt just because they're just not aware of all the loopholes. You know, some of the ones like the 30 year consolidation or like the revised pay as you earn subsidy, you know, that people are just frankly just not aware of. So, yeah, we've helped over 1,500 people in in total. And, you know, 100 of those have been chiropractors.
0: I hope all the young chiropractors out there aren't uh, listening to this and now hate me for having 3.1%. I remember (laughs) when I was younger, you know, my generation of chiropractor. We were close enough to those chiropractors in the 80s, 90s making, you know, $125 per visit off insurance with $10 dollars co and no deductibles. And, you know, they call it the Mercedes 80s. And so I remember being, you know, a couple of years out of school saying, oh, I can't believe we don't make that kind of money anymore, blah, blah, blah. So I think every generation of chiropractor has something going really good for them. And then obviously things that used to be better. So if you're a young chiropractor now, yeah, insurance isn't as good as it was 30 years ago. Student loan debt and school costs aren't as good as it was when I graduated, but you're entering into this profession with a lot more opportunities than someone that even I had back in 2005, 2006. So the earning potential is going to be there. It's just going to look different than maybe it did in the past, and you're going to be able to have a successful career. So don't hate me for the (laughs) 3.1%. Yeah. You know, with some of these forgiveness strategies,
1: you can actually get better than that on an effective rate because you know if you have 250,000 of debt you might be able to pay 85,000 over 20 years and then maybe you pay a tax penalty of like 100,000 yep. and so 185,000 on an initial balance of 250 that's actually a negative interest rate. Yep.
0: Yeah, so so you know talk that's to good, us. That's a good point. Will you just elaborate a little bit on that yeah. where obviously they're going to pay less each month and, and then it'll be forgiven at a certain point but the IRS is going to tax you. So talk about the IRS part of that. Yeah. So a lot of people don't understand this. So yep. what you do is
1: over the 20 to 25 years, depending on the payment plan you select, you're paying based on your income. Yep. So the cost of your student loans is basically summing up all of those payments over a couple decades. And then on top of that, at the very end, you're going to have a forgiven balance of a certain amount that's probably grown since you went to chiropractic school. So say it's 400,000, now, what people have a misconception on is they think that the debt's going to compound on them because of the way the loan program is structured, it doesn't compound. It grows at a slower rate than you think. Mm-hmm. So at the end, say you have 400000 that's forgiven, that 400000 is basically treated as taxable income. So that goes on to you know, your tax return and you have to pay tax on that. Now, I model that. I plan for that for folks that, that hire us and we yeah. can tell you this is you know approximately how much we think you need to be saving for that every month. But in a lot of cases with chiropractors, because the incomes are a lot lower than the debts, in a lot of cases, sometimes you see cases where that payment's over 20 years projected plus the tax penalty payment is actually less than what you borrowed. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in that case, it's even better than 3.1, you
0: yeah. know? <laughs> no, absolutely. That makes sense. That's, that's a good little breakdown of that because that makes a ton of sense. So I'm, yeah. I'm actually the one getting screwed here. <laughs> well, yeah, the fact that you're still paying it, yeah, because
1: your seven hundred dollar a month payment yeah. is more is, is more than what a lot of chiropractors would pay coming yeah. out of school, and you're also not going to get any of it forgiven, right? So you're actually going to be paying this back over a couple decades. You know, the reality is how many chiropractors are going to have two hundred thousand or a hundred thousand to pay for their tax bomb? Not many. We like to think that people plan, and certainly a lot of the people that you're listening to this show are going to plan for that, but a lot of you know, a lot of your friends that you went to chiropractic school with are going to be, you know, living in the Mercedes 80s, even without the income.
0: <laughs> well, yeah. And the ironic part about it is if you, you know, fast forward 20 years from now, when it comes due that tax bill, say 100000 your kids might be going to college. You're trying to pay for their college maybe, or maybe they're getting married and you're going to pay for a wedding or something. So you're not going to want to have to write out a $100,000 check that you did not plan for specifically. So No. And, and
1: so that's another reason why if the IRS does come after you, you want to have as much as possible in things like retirement accounts yeah. where, you know, they can't go after that as easily. That's They're not going to be able to get you to, you know, claw that back or anything. So, you know, a lot of people don't even have anything set up. Like a lot of the chiropractors that I talk to, they're working for small offices. The offices don't want to mess with 401k plans. And so people are barely putting anything away for retirement too. So there's, the good news is like, there's so much opportunity for growth and people doing some amazing things with their finances. The reality is that chiropractors just have to make that small investment, either do it themselves or hire a professional. And two, you know, a lot of chiropractors get targeted by commissioned salespeople, I think, because, you know, chiropractors are not targeted as much as say, you know, some higher earning peers might be. So a lot of people that are hitting you up might be people that are commissioned sales persons. Yeah. So we uh, want you to get the best advice possible for your student debt. We'll try to steer you in the right direction on some of these, those other things that we don't provide services for. Make sure you don't get screwed over.
0: Perfect. I appreciate it. I really thank you for your time today. Lastly, how can our audience find you?
1: Well, you can reach out to us, help at studentloanplanner.com. And also if you go to studentloanplanner.com and click on the blog, there's a bunch of things in the menu bar that you could read through, but the blog actually has a category in the bottom right, that says chiropractor. And you can click that and you can read everything we've ever written about chiropractors, which is a fair amount. I don't think anybody else is writing nearly as much as we are about this Good. issue with chiropractors and their student loan debt.
0: I like that. That's called content marketing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. A little free tip, right? There you go. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Well, I appreciate your time. And then we'll, uh, we'll have to catch up soon. I know we're going to, Bobby and I are going to talk about having a module that you do in the Chiropractic Success Academy. So and that'll be really, really nice to have. Thanks so much, Kevin. Appreciate you having me on. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Modern Chiropractic Marketing Show with Dr. Kevin Christie. Tune in next week for another episode that will enhance your marketing, business, and practice growth. Also, don't forget to subscribe to Dr. Christie's Modern Desk Jockey podcast and share it with your desk-sitting patients. In the Modern Desk Jockey, Dr. Christie provides health and wellness best practices from some of the leading experts in the corporate wellness industry. Remember, chiropractic practice isn't easy but it shouldn't be overwhelming. Keep leveling up.